I lost some 17 children. Some were born as blood, some without breath, and some were with me for a very brief time. Each one that dies, a little bit of you goes with them. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome back to Roll the Credits Podcast, <laughs> starring Zach and Frank. <laughs> Uh, today we are discussing a, cho- a film of my choice. I feel very passionately about this one again, of course. Um, I'm probably going to pre- have to preference once again, you might not, <laughs> not like this fucking movie. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but um, today we are doing Your Ghost Lanthimos's 2018 film, The Favorite. Ten Academy Award nominations. That's including pretty Including Best Picture, mm-hmm. Best Actress. She actually won. Emma Stone? No, uh, Olivia Coleman um, for oh. Queen Anne. Oh, cool. Yeah, so, uh, you know. A lot, a lot. I was really excited to, you know, give you like this film recommendation, but I was really nervous. I always get, I always, I, I'm realizing like how nervous I get when I like recommend a film that you've never seen. It's just been one that I was kind of like, eh, eh about, but like every oh, no, two, time, never mind. Yeah, two of them. And every time I just like recommend you a film, I'm just like, oh my God, I hope he likes it as much as I do. <laughs> and I get like so nervous. And that's like, like, I called you this morning before I record. I was like, yeah. so how did you feel about it? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> please was, give me positive <laughs> feedback. <laughs> I was really hoping that you enjoyed it. Um, and you did. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. It, it was, it, it's a cool movie. It's got a lot of questions mm. to it. Mm-hmm. It's definitely like a slow build to oh, it yeah. because you have to, it, it sets up like for the first hour because it's two hours long it sets up for the first hour just like the setting and the plot and Mm -hmm. the characters and really trying to like drive character development before it gets fucking crazy yeah yeah uh, and it is not it is not like a typical Yorgos Lanthimos film. Um, no, I was expecting like weird dialogue from everybody. Right, no weird dialogue. It's pretty normal. I mean, again, they are speaking Ye old English. Yeah, old English. But you know, it's period. It's a period piece. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a all period, about period it's, piece. It's a period period piece. <laughs> um, and it's all about Queen Anne and like her kingdom basically going to war with the French. But yeah, which then, is actually what happened. Which is real. It's all based off like it is. You know, she was a real queen, and then you know, but it's also a, another film that we're discussing that really has to dive into mental illness yes and she's mentally unstable and this is all true like she had eating disorders and she was just she was crazy yeah because as i was watching it, i was like she's not really good at being a queen no she's like she really shouldn't (laughs) yeah and towards the end i'm pretty sure she had like a stroke she did oh okay yeah i I just didn't know her if like that was like yeah 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 no she she had a stroke she couldn't like move her arm and all that and her like i mean the acting is fantastic oh yeah absolutely like the left side of her face is all droopy and all that she's got like the one eye closed and Mm -hmm. it's i mean it's great so yeah I mean, this is a film about. This, this, there's a lot going on in this movie. I can mean, I, can you, I run down like the people before we get into everything? Do. So there's only like a few people that you really, really have to like pay attention to. So Queen Anne is played by Olivia Coleman, who you said won the award. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool for her. <laughs> Abigail is played by Emma Stone. I yes. love me some Emma Stone. Yeah, she's great. Uh, Lady Sarah is played by Rachel Weisz, and I just put in like two like. Samuel is played by Joe. I didn't write down his last Joe name. Schmo. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't I write down his last name? And then Nicholas Holt is in it as well. He mm-hmm. plays like the the weird French ambassador, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But I only know him really from playing Beast from the new X-Men movies. Oh, I, I didn't even know he was... Yeah, it, was I'm pretty Beast. sure Samuel is, is Havoc too, which is weird because, you know, X-Men. 
Yeah. yeah. You don't give a shit about X-Men. I don't care about X-Men. <laughs> well, it would have been cool if like he just shot a big fucking energy blast through his chest in this movie. <laughs> that would have made it that would have been That would have been a plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> there was a plot twist in this movie, yeah, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, basically what this film is about, if you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. um, and if again, I highly recommend it. I, and I, I haven't say. seen it. <laughs> um, is, yeah, you have Queen Anne. Who is kind of like you, you basically show up right in the middle of her going to war with the French. Mm-hmm. And then you have Lady Sarah, whose husband is out there like commanding the troops, basically. Yeah, he's like the general, yeah. I think. And then um, you have Emma Stone, who comes in, who is Abigail. And Abigail comes in as a servant, basically. Yeah, and then she's Lady Sarah's cousin, cousin. Yeah. who was traded away by her father in a gambling game. Yeah. So she was a lady, but now she's basically like nothing because right. of this. So she comes in, and basically she she wants to be a lady again. So mm-hmm. the basically the plot of the film is you have Abigail trying to get on the queen's good side to become to her then, favorite to then become her favorite over lady sarah i forgot where it was but this then turns into you find out that lady sarah and queen anne are having an affair with yes. one another and then uh, Abigail says, oh, I can capitalize on this. Mm-hmm. And then she starts having an affair with her. Yeah. And while that's all happening, it's not like they don't know. Like the yeah, queen, everybody knows. everybody knows. And they're just, they don't care. And they're just like going for it. And they're basically just, again, like trying to one up one another. Mm-hmm. And then there's even a, a line in the film where she's like, you and like she's, uh, you Lady Sarah this. is talking to Queen Anne. And she's like, you enjoy this. And she's like, what, seeing you like get jealous over me and mm-hmm. try to like fight for me. And she's like, yeah, why are you? enjoying this so much she's like stop playing these games and she's just like no <laughs> she's like no <laughs> i'm the queen i, I can, like do, what I I can do what i want yeah so uh, it wasn't until like the mud bath scene where i was like oh the plot of the movie is them trying to become the favorite <laughs> to the queen <laughs> i get the title now <laughs> um and there's some really cool i like i like how he breaks up every uh like section yes, of the film scene. with like a, a, a quote from somebody somebody says exactly what they say yeah which i have like all of them written down oh, do too nice yeah it was really cool because i yeah. liked it where like they each said like something like yeah. a line throughout it yeah it was, it's it's an interesting and then i personally think that this is probably yorgos lanthimos's best uh like shot film i think that like it's gorgeous oh my god that, the wide shot there's a lot of fucking there's some fish island yeah shots, there is which, which i was really surprised about and i think that there was a purpose for that mm-hmm. uh we'll talk about that in a little bit but um I think that this is probably his best shot film, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. I think his camera movements in this film are impeccable. Like, yeah. I was, again, I've seen this movie um, only once, actually, prior to watching it again last mm-hmm. night. And I was just so taken back. I was like, wow. I'm like, he really kind of just, you know, brought out all the bells and whistles for this one. Like, I mean, the camera shots, the way he moves the camera mm-hmm. and the the like the cool like push in shots and mm-hmm. and the following of and he does like a lot of long takes where he's just following a character and it, I don't know it's just like man this movie is gorgeous and yeah. then the costume design and everything I mean the set is beautiful yeah even so like too like when there's a couple of scenes where Abigail's just like walking towards the corridor of Queen Anne's room and he just like stays on her for the entire time yeah. and it's so cool because it's such a long shot yeah. in a long hallway mm-hmm. where you kind of just get to like take in what the surroundings are to it and yeah. then even her room is fucking gorgeous because yeah. there's there's one shot that i absolutely love where it's queen anne 
in like the wheelchair after like being like brought through the secret door. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really cool because mm-hmm. there's there's a secret passageway from like Anne's room to Lady Sarah's room. Yeah, because you know they have sex. <laughs> <laughs> but there's the shot where like she comes back into her room and she's just kind of like in the side by where the secret door is, yeah. and you get that full frame of her room mm-hmm. and it's gorgeous looking. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that's that's the, that's the plot of the movie, guys. Can we talk uh, about my favorite character in the movie? Absolutely. Horatio. Yeah? The duck. Yeah? <laughs> the, 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 the bow tie? <laughs> the fastest duck in all the land. God <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn, that duck was fast. <laughs> Again, uh, so look, this movie is heavy. <laughs> um, but my God, this movie is also hysterical. Oh, yeah. I mean, from the like from the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, yeah, you like one of one of the very first establishing shots is literally like just these these like, you know, extremely wealthy, like prim and proper men just racing giant ducks with bow ties and like they're so aggressive like about it and the music is so like grand well yeah and it's it's, like all shot and like super slow motion (laughs) but it's just fucking ducks racing oh yeah i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) this is just ducks (laughs) i didn't know this was a thing yeah man it's it's amazing i I love it 20 grand on the other one (laughs) i'm so far in debt now (laughs) um so yeah horatio was great um, there was another really cool line, like when Abigail is like first, kind of like just uh, down in like the slumps, and she's kind of like in the cleaning area, mm-hmm. and the one other lady is like scrub the floor until you can see your fat toothless face in it. Yeah, yeah. And then just immediately is like, sorry. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that line a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of great like little one-liners. Mm-hmm. Yo, one of my fa- again, I, I think we discussed it very briefly. The dance scene. Yes. In this movie yes. <laughs> is absolutely hysterical. So there, there's like this, this. They're having like a ball, mm-hmm. and everybody again is dressed very like prim and proper. Everyone's got like the men have powdered wigs on, and and they're wearing like their socks over their pants, and they go up to their knees, and you know blue suits, and you know it's all just very, very beautiful, right? And then yeah. you have the women in like the long gowns and dresses, and. Uh, yeah, they're they're basically just having like a da- the music starts and it's just this you know it's very like classic classical beautiful music playing, but the dance that they're doing, yes. is absolutely hysterical because, because he they're break pl- dances. Yeah, at he one literally point. is like break dancing, and then they're doing like just nonsense. They're literally <laughs> doing nonsense, but they're playing it off like it's like this elegant dance. Yeah, because he picks her up at one point yeah, and, too, he, like, and kind of swings her around. Her around. Her back, yeah. and he's just spinning with her, and then he like picks her up and just is like th- throwing her around. Yeah, and, and it's like and they do like the like the weird like hand motion <laughs> things with each other, and it's it's absolutely hysterical. But again, like they're just it, it's played so perfectly because again they're. Like the, the the way that Yorgos had this, where it's like the beautiful music, the the you know the elaborate like the great lighting and everything, so it looks like it's like this this beautiful poetic <laughs> dance, but they're really just doing nonsense. Yeah. But and it's just so funny. Yeah, and I really like that shot too because then like you get that in front of her face, like Queen Anne in the wheelchair, yeah. and like you can just see her like start to kind of like grow disdain for the party is like stop the music stop yeah. the music yeah and then when they cut back and he, again they show her they're showing them dancing again and like their fucking legs are like up on like his <laughs> shoulders it's just so high up and then they just stop it's just it's absolutely hysterical mm-hmm. but um that's think, really where like the movie gets picking <clears throat> up too yeah. because then that's when lady sarah like 
brings, brings her, her yeah to the and, god yeah and, and she's like hey like you know what's wrong like let's let's go like back to the room and they end up like getting back to queen anne's room and then they start having sex. So Emma Stone's up there. Yes. Or Abigail. Abigail's up there, like picking a book out, and then she they don't they don't see her in there. And then you find out that yeah, they're ha- they have like they're they're lesbians mm-hmm. and they're they're in love with one another. How did they not hear Abigail? Well, so that, again, that's, that, that, again, <laughs> that, that's what it. that's what made me laugh because like she went down the stairs. <laughs> I mean, she was quiet, but like she's so noticeable. Like, <laughs> like it's not like she's in the dark. Like, there's just so much light on her, and she's, she's wearing a light blue dress <laughs> in the dark. Yeah. And I think that all has to do with like just like the pure comedic. <laughs> it's this movie is absolutely hysterical. If you really like, you know, give yourself to the film and you uh, and you like pay attention to like what they're saying, because again, it's not like it's not like super hard to you know it's not like Robert Eggers dialogue where yeah. it's like tough to get through and yet you really have to really really listen to understand but there are definitely you have to pay attention more than you would normally yeah even and so like Nicholas Holt's character like when he's walking with Abigail trying to like get her to turn side and be like a spy for him yeah yeah and he like pushes her down the hill yeah yeah <laughs> I was like give it a thought <laughs> and then he walks away <laughs> I was like I, I don't think yeah. she's gonna be on your side now um but yeah so this movie's absolutely hysterical yeah and uh but again it's it, he really teeters on like us like really really funny but also just really serious and yeah. like sad and i think the music plays a really good point in he does like he i don't know who did it i'm not sure exactly where where man that was loud mm. <laughs> um, yeah, start that one over I'll, I'll cut that out uh yeah so i don't know exactly where or who did the the music the score for this but i mean he does like this one specific piece of music that's I, it's almost it's barely even music mm-hmm. but it's literally just like a violin going like yes and that's all it is because that was in the shot too when abigail takes like the horse out gorgeous yeah. shot too yeah of her just like riding to go and find like the the herbs right to basically like heal her hand wound yeah or and her like her like no originally oh, oh right, right, right. Hand, yeah, yeah. but yeah no i mean they put raw meat on Queen Anne's leg. Right. So I'm sure that added to her being I'm sure crazy. That just can't be good. It's an infection yeah. waiting to happen. Mad but. cow disease. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, like he chooses this like very one, this one specific piece of music that every time it comes on, it's almost unsettling, I yeah. think. Yeah. Because. As, like, the movie progresses, it definitely gets a little bit more, not so much violent, but eerie. It, like, yeah, exactly. And it changes, like, its tone. Mm-hmm. And it really just plays to Queen Anne. And it's kind of like, it kind of, like, matches her, like, throughout the film. Because yeah. throughout, like, in the beginning of the film, she's, I mean, you know, you the, the more you learn about her, the more you realize how mentally unstable she really is. And, you know, how, how depressed and sad she is. And then just... Uh, I mean, then I mean, the eating disorder too. The eating she's disorder like eating thing the is really, really like sad to watch. Mm-hmm. And then the bunnies, and you learn about the bunnies. Yeah, so which, there are seventeen bunnies. Each of them mm-hmm. are for a child that she had, either like a miscarriage or like stillborn or just died in general. Yeah. So she even says too, like a line where it's like when when each one died, like it took a piece of me with them. Yeah. So this is kind of like her way of like coping almost where mm-hmm. these are her children. Exactly. And I have a point to make about the bunnies at the end. Here. Me too. Um, All right. Fuck, and I think you have the same point. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, it's sad. This movie's not like, no, not at all. Not, like it's it's lighthearted, like when when it when it wants to be, but then it also like really kind of like pulls you back in very quickly, mm-hmm. and it kind of like levels you because I mean, you basically learn that kind of like what you said in the beginning, where Queen Anne in this film doesn't seem to be fit to be running her country. Yeah, exactly, you know? and. She and she doesn't. She she doesn't. If you notice, she doesn't really make any decisions. No, it's all, all the decisions. Lady Sarah. Exactly. Sarah makes all the decisions for her, and then she just is the one that goes up on the stage and presents her the decisions and mm-hmm. like says to, to the court, basically. So Even like the fainting scene too, like I, hysterical. Like, yeah, really it, funny. Very funny. But Lady Sarah like gives her the nod to like faint. Yeah. So and, she doesn't have to like. Uh, what is it like? Do the the passing of the law? Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, I mean, so this this movie is not uh like again not it, it's funny, it's very mm-hmm. funny, but it also really brings you back to her mental state, and it's like wow, this is actually really sad. Yeah. And then you really learn the type of because at the end of the day, I was really thinking about it, and I'm like, Abigail is. I mean, it Abigail's the villain in this. Abigail's movie. not good. She's not no. good at all. She's not the good guy. The entire point of her story even though the story is more or less like based around like her Mm -hmm. it's really just her fallen from like grace more or less where she was a lady and now she's nothing and she's doing whatever it takes to become a lady again right and that's really like the entire movie where she sees like okay like well lady sarah is really close with queen anne and now I know the secret of their lesbians, so I'm going to use this as leverage. Exactly. And you're going to basically have me as your uh, more or less servant, like I, I would say like a apprentice more or less. And then that slowly gets her like closer and closer to Queen Anne. Correct. And then she makes the point to kind of like take over and start trying to like swoo queen Anne, like spending time with her learning mm-hmm. about the bunnies mm-hmm. and then later on like coming into her room and quote unquote rubbing her leg yeah exactly <clears throat> and uh i mean it's funny it there, there, there's a very funny like like uh line that is said but it's also really kind of puts you back into like where queen Anne's head is at where mm-hmm. sarah is telling her like hey I'm done with Abigail. Like she needs to get out. She needs to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, I think she says she like she tra- basically says like, oh, she stole from us or something. Yeah. Like she's yeah, a she thief. Stole the book. Get away. Find get away from her. Like you know, like she needs to go away. And then you know, Abigail knows that this is what's going on. So mm-hmm. she, then she like beats herself up with the book. Yes. And then you know gets gets Queen Anne on her side. And then when they're bringing her to the carriage. She says to her, like, oh, it's a shame that um, Sarah's talking to Queen Anne. She's like, it's a shame that we had a fire and let go of her. And then as they're walking to the carriage, she notices Abigail standing yeah. there. And she's like, why are you not getting rid of her? And she's like, oh, because she's my servant and I, you know, I want her here. And she's like, but I told you everything. And she's like, yeah, well, what you, whatever you said, you know, it's basically like your word against mine. It's like, I don't yeah. want, I, I want her here. I like her here. Yeah, and, and she then- basically says to her, like. Like I don't understand like why you're doing this, and Queen Anne returns with the with the great line yeah. of I like I like when I her like, tongue is inside of me or something. I like, like that. the way when I like the I like when she puts her tongue in my inside me. Yeah, and <laughs> I was just like, damn, like goddamn, but it <laughs> but it really like you know sets the tone of this is going to be a problem. Like yeah. there there is this there is this love triangle going on, and this is not going to bode well for somebody, mm-hmm. and you don't know who. And then at the end of the film, I mean, the end of the film is sad, man. Well, yeah. Well, because Abigail, like, realizes, like, what's going on. And at that point, she ends up poisoning 
uh, Lady Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't like fully take effect until like she's riding her horse mm-hmm. out in like the wilderness. And then she gets picked up by like, I don't know, sex weird scene, traffickers. Right? Weird, weird. Like, yes. Odd. <laughs> it's like, I don't even know. It's really hard to like, I don't know if they're like incesty or if it's like a brothel or what it, it seems is. It like it's just a brothel. But, it's, but she seems very well and proper for yeah, a brothel host. It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird like whole section of the film where Did we go. Because she gets like a scar too from it all. Yeah. Did you notice the scar kind of looks like the Nike symbol? No. Product placement? Product placement? <laughs> Maybe. Nike sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, huh? Um, so, all the horses are just wearing fucking <laughs> LeBron sneakers. <laughs> LeBron's just in the corner <laughs> shooting hoops. <laughs> um, wow, okay. That's where we went with this. Yeah, yeah, no. It's a period, period, period piece. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, uh, I mean, it's a weird that, that that's where like it kind of like the movie starts like getting like a little odd, but like yeah. it, it brings itself back. And uh, when when she when uh, what's his name comes and grabs Sarah, they find her and they like get her back to the the kingdom basically. Yes. Yeah, the guy that holds Horatio. Yeah, yeah, Horatio's <laughs> owner. <laughs> Don't care what his name is, just care that Horatio's there. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean. At this point, while while Sarah is gone, mm-hmm. fucking Abigail really sinks her hooks into this. Yeah, because she talks with um, was it Nicholas Holt's character, and it was like, I need a favor from you so I can get a favor mm-hmm. for you. So he basically, or she basically tells him like, Hey, you need to like let Queen Anne know that Samuel wants to marry me. Yeah, and then that's how she can get into like ladyship again. Right. So then. He brings up a good point too. Is like, why don't you ask her? Like, mm-hmm. you're you're very close with her. Mm-hmm. And Abigail says too, is like, I don't want her to think that I need anything from her. Exactly. So she's got this whole master plan of like, she wants to seem that she doesn't need anything from Queen Anne. She just wants like a friendship. She'll do anything for her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she's working every side exactly. to get wherever she wants. Yeah. And it comes back to bite her a little bit. A little bit, but. I mean, at the end of the day, it's in a in a weird way, in a, in a in a sad way. Sarah, I mean, um, Abigail definitely won, but so I, you know, but not like. Yeah. So Abigail it wasn't like won. a it wasn't like a like a uh, a happy victory, mm-hmm. but it was a victory. So Abigail won the battle, but Sarah won the war. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, yeah. Let's. Uh, you, I know you want to <laughs> talk we, about. Can we it. talk about first, like the weird masturbation scene? Oh, right in the beginning. The, no, no, no. Sorry, the hand job scene. Oh, when she, yeah, yes. really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hard as a rock, and I'm it's hard. our wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> she gives him the driest hand job yeah. and not even paying attention, while still just making plotting, plans. just plotting. Uh-huh. And he just, I think he lasts like thirty seconds. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it was. <laughs> You weren't even going to be that good gr- of a lover. <laughs> they have a weird relationship, yeah, too. Yeah, they do. They and, do. And even so, like he, she's playing him, too, because mm-hmm. she makes it seem like they're going to be in love, but, mm-hmm. he, but it's, yeah. it's all just to get ladyship again. Right. So, I mean, uh, like at the end, of, towards the, the last like probably 20 minutes of this film where Sarah is basically gone now, the queen has basically made her decision 
yeah. of to you know and even banished lady sarah she, she banishes her um so before she does all that though there's a very very important scene where lady sarah comes to the she she basically the queen basically says like hey you got to give your key back i'm not allowing you back into like my bedroom anymore and all that so she goes to like the secret hallway which leads directly into queen anne's room and mm-hmm. she like knocks on the on the wall and they're talking and she basically tells her that uh, what you know, she's making a a really really great mistake here because Abigail is not good for you. Abigail yes. is playing you, and she is not being honest in any way, shape, or form. And she's lying to you, and she's using you. Yeah, she's just gonna tell her what she wants exactly. to hear. And where Lady Sarah will tell her the good things and, and also the bad, the bad things. things. And like Anne when she calls really her you a, look badger. Like a badger, <laughs> and Anne prefers, of course, to be you know spoiled, spoiled, and you know only positive, you know reinforcement basically. Because every time that Queen Anne says something like negative about herself, Abigail immediately jumps to saying like, "No, you're beautiful. No, you're this. No, you're that. Oh my God, your eyes, your your skin, blah blah blah." You know, like she's always giving her compliments, just showering her and just you know fake compliments yeah and abigail literally says to her that's not what real love is she Mm -hmm. says real love is you know if if you look like a fucking badger (laughs) i'm gonna tell you that you look like a badger but when you're beautiful i'm gonna tell you that you're beautiful Mm -hmm. and you know she's like that's that's real and she's like and you're not gonna you're not gonna get that with uh With with abigail and then the queen Anne makes her decision basically and tells her to like get lost yeah and what a weird fruit throwing scene too with the nude guy yeah Weird. <laughs> it, it shows you. It kind of just like shows you like what these people do, like yeah. for fun. They have they have money. They, they can have do whatever so much the fuck money. They, want. And they don't know what they, they you know. It's like you have to, you have so much money that you don't know what to do with it. So exactly. let's just let's just get a naked guy to just go against like this back this back setting <laughs> and just start throwing fruit at him. Just a room divider. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then yeah, I mean, and then the one honestly one of my favorite end shots. In a movie in a very, very long time. Oh, like the very, very last the, shot? The, like the, la- the last shot of this film is when you one of my favorite. about it, you made it sound like the bunnies were just um, like all falling on top of her. Not that it was I like... Said it was like an o- I said it was an overlay shot. Yes, and I took that <laughs> as the bunnies were just falling on top of her. <laughs> well, what I said and what, how you took it is not... That's, that's very different Oh, thing. so now I'm an asshole <laughs> for thinking that. <laughs> It is a really cool end shot. It's a great, it's a great shot. Yes, and what it means, what I believe that it means, and like the metaphor behind it. I mean, I think it's it's beautiful. I, it's fucking sad. It's because it happens immediately after Queen Anne is like in her bed. She's kind of like just half asleep, half awake, and Abigail, now in full power, basically mm-hmm. is reading a book, and she almost like crushes one of the bunnies. Yeah, almost to say is like you know I'm I'm above you, like I'm mm-hmm. I'm more than what you are now. Yeah. And then that's when immediately Queen Anne gets up and like she starts freaking out. Yeah. And she asks her to rub her leg once again. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't want her to lay down. She wants to like be standing yeah. the entire time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like a really, really cool last shot where you only have it fixed on Abigail. And you can see like the discomfort and displeasure in her face. And then it goes up to see how uncomfortable and displeasured Queen Anne is as well. Mm-hmm. And then that's when you start getting like the, the overlay, overlay of, of like the rabbits and, everything and Abigail like that. and the queen. And you notice that the uh, the queen is not making 
any eye contact no at all she grabs her by the by her hair like really hard and doesn't look at her once you know what i mean and she just leaves and she's not looking at her and then you get this overlay shot of the bunnies and abigail just rubbing her legs because at the end of the day when she tells her to rub her legs what that really means is to perform sexual acts on her Mm -hmm. that's basically what she's telling her to do sexual conquest (laughs) (laughs) um and then the rabbits of course so i mean you said that you have your theory yes go ahead all right, thank you, Frank. Of course. I have the floor now. You do. So my theory is for each of like the 17 bunnies, those being like her dead children, mm-hmm. um, that's what kind of like gives Queen Anne a little bit of pleasure, like where she feels like she has like something, a little bit of control of like, okay, this is uh, the way that I'll kind of like deal with them. Now with Abigail kind of like pushing her foot on the bunny, she feels like she's above what the bunnies represent and there's an important line to where one of the last scenes where sarah and abigail are near each other where abigail says why don't you just give up i won and sarah says something along the lines of like we're playing two very different games yeah so that last scene kind of solidifies the fact that abigail no matter what she does where she goes in life She's now kind of like stuck to whatever Queen Anne wants. Mm-hmm. So she may be a lady, but she's still going to have to perform these sexual acts to her. Mm-hmm. And with the overlay of the bunnies, it's kind of like, you know, she's just another one of Queen Anne's playthings at this point. Like never really able to yeah. go anywhere. Yeah. Meanwhile, Lady Sarah has really won because even though she did care for Queen Anne... She's free of whatever kind of like crazy acts she wants her to do. Right. Yeah. So that's my theory. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, for the most part, I think we, we agree. Uh, I, I, I think just to kind of elaborate a little bit more, um, basically when specifically just like the exactly like so the bunnies represent the, the dead 17 kids. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like that's what she uses to fill a void. Mm-hmm. But you're not really truly filling any void because you're, you know, like, the, like yeah, you, they're representing your kids, but those are not your kids. So, like, you know, you still have the memory of losing every single one of them. Yeah. And when Sarah is finally gone, the queen now only has Abigail. And at the end of the film, towards the end of the film, they really show what Abigail is like. And she's Mm -hmm. like drinking and she's messy and she's like flirting with other guys directly in front of her husband or her husband just like hates her. But, you know, Abigail is now, again, like she basically got her hooks into everybody Mm -hmm. and she has kind of like full control now. And nobody can really say anything to her. She's in it. Like, that's it. She's done. Except for the queen. Except for the queen. And... When she's sitting there in the room with the queen and the queen tells her to come rub her legs, I mean, it's basically like from what I get a, take away from it is that the rabbits and Abigail are on the same on the same level. Yes, they are. She knows the queen has, does realize and and knows that at the end of the day, this isn't real love that what, what she has with her and mm-hmm. that. It's, it's literally just a sexual thing at this point. She almost realizes, too, that, like, she made the wrong choice. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. Like, I I don't... I think that she realizes it, but accepts it. 
she, yeah, like, she can't knows. do anything about exactly. it. Exactly. So she just knows that this is now her life. Mm-hmm. So when she calls her over to rub her legs and she's and she's performing these sexual acts, and again, it's not it's not sexy. It's not there's no love to it in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it's the the face that Abigail has when she's looking up at her and and it's just you know, like they're they're both just doing it just to do it. It's yeah. kind of like you know exactly what it is, and the queen not looking at her and not paying attention to her. Then you get the beautiful overlay shot of all the bunnies. It's kind of again, it's it's Abigail and the bunnies are on the same level where it's it's filling a void, but not truly filling that void and. There is no, there is no real love there, and the exact same thing with the kids. Like those are not really your kids, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's it's heavy, it's sad. And, yeah. I mean, but it's a beautiful, beautiful shot. Exactly. And, I mean, and, it, and I think that it really like kind of brings home everything. At like he, I think he literally like was he managed to take the entire film, the entirety of these two hours, mm-hmm. and then boil it down to three minutes, no dialogue just these three shots abigail the queen the bunnies overlaying them on top of one another mm-hmm. and you get you and you know exactly the entire film yeah and and that's it it's like and i i, I can't i don't i can't think of any other film <laughs> that was able to boil down the entire plot you know what i mean in three in minutes. three minutes no dialogue three shots Kung Fu Panda did it. You're right. Kung Fu Panda 2 did. Um, <laughs> Don't and, ever forget. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I th- I think that Yorgos, like, Yorgos Lanthimos is, for me, top five. Like, writer-directors. Dur- or directors? Directors. Directors. <laughs> 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 for me, like, personally. Like, I think he makes very, very unique films. I think he makes... I, I really, really like his 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 look on, on the world because yeah. at the end of the day... Specifically, the lobster, the killing of a sacred deer. Um, I didn't see Alps. Any. You haven't seen Alps, probably. No, th- these these are the only three movies I've seen from him. But yeah. all three, I really enjoy. And, yeah. and like you said, like he has a very unique way on the world and yeah. how like everything Speci- kind of works. Yo, Alps is is a I, the thing is I don't love Alps. Mm-hmm. I think Alps is okay. a, a really, really, really interesting concept, mm-hmm. but. I just I don't think he executed it as well as he could have. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you haven't seen Alps, Alps. Long story short, Alps is basically about a a group of people that start a business impersonating the recently deceased. So basically, like, hey, Zach dies, and now I am having a hard time coping with that. So then you would go to, my, to go to this company, and you would say, okay, yeah, we have we 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 can hire somebody that kind of not really, but sort of looks, <laughs> looks like, like Zach. <laughs> he, you know, we'll we'll get like what is it? Does Zach wear glasses? Yeah, give me his glasses. So then like he'll wear his glasses, mm-hmm. and then he'll just pretend to be you. And I am Zork. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go see a movie? I guess. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then he basically just like plays the part of Zach. But mm. I mean, there are some really, really interesting shots and interesting scenes and your ghost, the way he wrote it and the way that the, the, the specific, like, um, the, the, the reenactments that mm-hmm. he chooses his characters to partake in are very, are very interesting. Uh, they're not always like, you're not always remembering them in their best light. Sometimes some people choose to remember them in their worst. There was this one woman who, uh, she came home and she's blind. She was mm-hmm. a blind woman and her husband died and she hired the company to reenact a, the moment where she came into her home and her husband was having an affair with another woman 
in their bedroom. So, so these two actors are pretending to be the, her husband and the woman that his, that the husband was having an affair with. And then she walks in and then starts like beating them and hitting them and like breaking down and like crying about it. And that's like what she wanted to remember. Kind of like she wanted that closure from, it. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I really that's, don't know. It's very interesting. It's, it's, it's really, it's a weird, interesting film. And, uh, he, that's just what he does, man. He makes interesting f- films. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the lobster, I highly recommend it's the lobster. Very fun. Very quirky. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen the killing of a sacred deer, go listen to our podcast episode three on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's great. It's probably my favorite Yorgos. It's it's my favorite. Yeah. It's, it's my go to as of right now. It's my, my go to Yorgos Lanthimos film. Um, but I do believe that this film, like from like a strictly like a directorial standpoint, this movie is probably better. I think just like shot wise and all that. I think it is better shot. Mm-hmm. But uh, the story of the killing of Sacred Deer is insane. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he's just he's one of the most unique writers directors out there. And every time he, anytime he makes a film, I'm gonna be there to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he 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 makes films that like don't quite. He he, he it's it's, it's, it's it hard to pinpoint like a genre with yeah. him. He doesn't really go in genre. Like Tarantino is very much like a genre director. He makes westerns. Yeah, you know he very makes, 80s style. Yeah, like, kind of like beat him up. And you know he like du- like Tarantino makes genre films, mm-hmm. right? While Yorgos Lanthimos kind of tiptoes around genre where he dips his toes into a genre but then like turns it up on its head yeah and then says okay but this is what it's really about and he's and he you know he's not a lot of the time you don't really get like a full closure with his movies you know again like they're very deep and metaphorical and they kind of mean more than what they what they like present themselves as the characters tend to not be truly who the characters are or Mm -hmm. whatever it is um and yeah i just think he has like a really really unique outlook on like so i highly recommend the holy trinity of the, uh, the lobster the favorite and killing, uh, of, a sacred killing deer. of a sacred deer uh specifically the killing of a sacred deer that's like up there that, yeah. that's like i think one. i think the lobster is a good like starter pack for his work the lobster is definitely like a good intro film so you so you really really see uh like who and what he is you got to understand though it's very quirky dialogue yeah like if you can't get around the fact of like colin farrell talking like a weirdo you're you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy it for sure. Yeah. But uh, but this is definitely like out of those three, this is the most like digestible dialogue. Yeah, digestible dialogue and and the most like kind of like cut cut and paste story where it's like mm-hmm. you know it's very like to the point. There isn't really like any deep deep like I mean there is, but it's yeah. not like you know it's in, not the, crazy. in the in the killing of a sacred deer. Like okay, this character is this character, but he's really this character. Like he's really this person. He's and, God, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> or you know whatever it is. Um, and in this film, the characters are who they are, and but you're just watching a love affair unfold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know obviously you learn about Queen Anne and all and her backstory, and then the rabbits and blah 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 blah. But Unless we got more Horatio. Horatio is the man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Fastest highly highly recommend. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos just as a director in general and he doesn't have anything coming up anytime soon it doesn't look like but uh, when he does yeah, I'm, I'm we'll gonna be, be there. there I'm gonna be there for mm-hmm. sure uh, anything else Zach? no that's it uh, we're eventually gonna do the lobster we'll do like the holy trinity of Yorgos Lanthimos mm-hmm. but for right now you got two out of the three Yeah. so I hope you guys go check it out I, I really enjoyed this movie It, like you said it wasn't as crazy to digest Mm-mm. as like some movies that we've talked about you would think yeah yeah. so i really enjoyed this film uh you know just some things were weird and <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
And that's why, it. Why did she hold the baby? She grabbed the she baby. She grabbed the baby. She, and then the ba- the woman was like, give me my baby back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want my baby back, baby. <laughs> 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 All right. Thanks. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Frank, you want to you wanna do the honors this time? You want to? You wanna... How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> you want to roll us out? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, I'm Zach. That's, this is Frank. You already and, butchered it all. <laughs> <laughs> and credits the roll. <laughs> <laughs>
uh, the queen is not making any eye contact. No. At all. She grabs her by the by her hair like really hard and doesn't look at her once. You know what I mean? And she just leaves and she, she's not looking at her. And then you get this overlay shot of the bunnies and Abigail just rubbing her legs. Because at the end of the day, when she tells her to rub her legs, what that really means is to perform sexual acts on her. Mm-hmm. That's basically what she's telling her to do. Sexual conquest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the rabbits, of course. So, I mean, you said that you have your theory. Yes. Go ahead. All right. Thank you, Frank. Of course. I have the floor now. You do. So my theory is for each of like the 17 bunnies, those being like her dead children, mm-hmm. um, that's what kind of like gives Queen Anne a little bit of pleasure, like where she feels like she has like something, a little bit of control of like, okay, this is uh, the way that I'll kind of like deal with them. Now with Abigail kind of like pushing her foot on the bunny, she feels like she's above what the bunnies represent. And there's an important line to where one of the last scenes where Sarah and Abigail are near each other, where Abigail says, why don't you just give up? I won. And Sarah says something along the lines of like, we're playing two very different games. Yeah. So that last scene kind of solidifies the fact that Abigail, no matter what she does, where she goes in life, She's now kind of like stuck to whatever Queen Anne wants. Mm -hmm. So she may be a lady, but she's still going to have to perform these sexual acts to her. Mm -hmm. And with the overlay of the bunnies, it's kind of like, you know, she's just another one of Queen Anne's playthings at this point. Like never really able to go anywhere. Meanwhile, Lady Sarah has really won because even though she did care for Queen Anne, She's free of whatever kind of like crazy acts she wants her to do. Right. Yeah. So that's my theory. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, for the most part, I think we, we agree. Uh, I, I, I think just to kind of elaborate a little bit more, um, basically when specifically just like the exactly like so the bunnies represent the, the dead 17 kids. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like that's what she uses to fill a void. Mm-hmm. But you're not really truly filling any void because you're, you know, like, like, yeah, they're representing your kids, but those are not your kids. So like, you know, you still have the memory of losing every single one of them. Yeah. And when Sarah is finally gone, the queen now only has Abigail. And at the end of the film, towards the end of the film, they really show what Abigail is like. And she's mm-hmm. like drinking and she's messy yeah. and she's like flirting with other guys directly in front of her husband. Her husband just like hates her. But, you know, Abigail is now, again, like she basically got her hooks into everybody mm-hmm. and she has kind of like full control now. And nobody can really say anything to her. She's in it. Like, that's it. She's yeah. done. It's, except for the queen. Except for the queen. And. When she's sitting there in the room with the queen and the queen tells her to come rub her legs, I mean, it's basically like from what I get a, take away from it is that the rabbits and Abigail are on the same on the same level. Yes, they are. She knows the queen has, does realize and and knows that at the end of the day, this isn't real love that what, what she has with her and mm-hmm. that. It's, it's literally just a sexual thing at this point. She almost realizes, too, that, like, she made the wrong choice. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. Like, I I don't, I think that she realizes it, but accepts it. 
she, yeah, like, she can't knows, do anything about exactly. it. Exactly. So she just knows that this is now her life. Mm-hmm. So when she calls her over to rub her legs and she's and she's performing these sexual acts, and again, it's not it's not sexy. It's not there's no love to it in any way, shape, or form. I mean, it's the the face that Abigail has mm-hmm. when she's looking up at her and and it's just you know, like they're they're both just doing it just to do it. It's yeah. kind of like you know exactly what it is, and the queen not looking at her and not paying attention to her. Then you get the beautiful overlay shot of all the bunnies. It's kind of again, it's it's Abigail and the bunnies are on the same level where it's it's filling a void, but not truly filling that void. And there is no there is no real love there and the exact same thing with the kids like those are not really your kids mm-hmm. and i mean it's it's heavy it's sad and yeah. i mean but it's a beautiful beautiful shot exactly. and i mean and, it, and i think that it really like kind of brings home everything at like he i think he literally like was he managed to take the entire film the entirety of these 2 hours mm-hmm. and then boil it down to 3 minutes no dialogue just these three shots, Abigail, the queen, the bunnies overlaying them on top of one another. Mm-hmm. And you get, you, and you know exactly the entire film. Yeah. And, and that's it. It's like, and I, I, I can't, I don't, I can't think of any other film <laughs> that was able to boil down the entire plot. You know what I mean? In three In minutes. In three minutes, no dialogue, three shots. Kung Fu Panda did it. You're right. Kung Fu Panda 2 <laughs> did. Um, Don't and, ever forget. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. I, th- I think that Yorgos, like, Yorgos Lanthimos is, for me, top five. Like, writer-directors. Direct, or directors? Directors. <laughs> directors. <laughs> for me, like, personally. Like, I think he makes very, very unique films. I think he makes... I, I really, really like his 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 look on, on the world. Because yeah. at the end of the day... Specifically, the lobster, the killing of a sacred deer. Um, I didn't see Alps. Any. You haven't seen Alps, probably. No, th- these these are the only three movies I've seen from him. But yeah. all three, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And like you said, like he has a very unique way on the world and yeah. how like everything Speci- kind of works. Yo, Alps is is a. I, the thing is, I don't love Alps. Mm-hmm. I think Alps is okay. a, a really, really, really interesting concept, mm-hmm. but. I just I don't think he executed it as well as he could have. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you haven't seen Alps, Alps. Long story short, Alps is basically about a a group of people that start a business impersonating the recently deceased. So basically, like, hey, Zach dies, and now I am having a hard time coping with that. So then you would go to my, to go to this company, and you would say, okay, yeah, we have we 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 can hire somebody that kind of not really, but sort of looks, <laughs> looks like, like Zach. <laughs> he, you know, we'll we'll get like, what is it? Does Zach wear glasses? Yeah, give me his glasses. So then, like, he'll wear his glasses, mm-hmm. and then he'll just pretend to be you. And I am Zork. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go see a movie? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then he basically just like. Plays the part of Zach, but I mean, there are some really, really interesting shots and interesting scenes. And Yorgos, the way he wrote it, and the way that the the, the specific like um the 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 reenactments that mm-hmm. he chooses his characters to partake in are very are very interesting. Uh, they're not always like you're not always remembering them in their best light. Sometimes some people choose to remember them in their worst. There was this one woman who. Uh, she came home and she's blind. She mm-hmm. was a blind woman and her husband died and she hired the company to reenact the, the moment where she came into her home and her husband was having an affair with another woman 
in their bedroom. So so these two actors are pretending to be the her husband and the woman that his that the husband was having an affair with and then she walks in and then starts like beating them and hitting them and like breaking down and like crying about it. And that's like what she wanted to remember. Kind of like she wanted that closure from. It. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I really that's, don't know. It's very interesting. It's, it's it's really it's a weird, interesting film, and uh, he that's just what he does, man. He makes interesting f- films. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen the Lobster, highly recommend it's the Lobster. Very fun. Very quirky. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen the Killing of a Sacred Deer, go listen to our podcast episode three on it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's great. It's probably my favorite Yorgos. It's it's my favorite. Yeah. It's, it's my go to as of right now. As of right it's, now my it's my go to Yorgos Lanthimos film. Um, but I do believe that this film, like from like a strictly like a directorial standpoint, this movie is probably better. I think just like shot wise and all that, I think it is better shot. Mm-hmm. But uh, the story of the killing of Sacred Deer is insane. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he's just he's one of the most unique writers, directors out there. And every time he anytime he makes a film, I'm going to be there to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, he, 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 he makes films that like don't quite he, he, he it's, it it's, it's hard to pinpoint like a genre with yeah. him he doesn't really go in genre like tarantino is very much like a genre director he makes westerns yeah you know he very makes 80s style yeah like, kind of like beat him up and you know he like like tarantino makes genre films mm-hmm. right while yorgos lanthimos kind of tiptoes around genre where he dips his toes into a genre but then like turns it up on its head yeah and then says like hey but this is what it's really about and he's and he you know he's not a lot of the time you don't really get like a full closure with his movies you know again like they're very deep and metaphorical and they kind of mean more than what they what they like present themselves as the characters tend to not be truly who the characters are or whatever it is um and yeah i just think he has like a really really unique outlook on like so i highly recommend the holy trinity of the the lobster the favorite and uh, killing of sacred deer uh specifically the killing of sacred deer that's like up there that's like i think i think the lobster is a good like starter pack for his work the lobster is definitely like a good intro film so you so you really really see uh like who and what he is you got to understand though it's very quirky dialogue yeah like if you can't get around the fact of like colin farrell talking like a weirdo you're you're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy it for sure but uh but this is definitely like out of those three this is the most like digestible dialogue yeah digestible dialogue and and the most like kind of like cut cut and paste story where it's like Mm -hmm. you know it's very like to the point there isn't really like any deep deep like i mean there is but it's not like you know in the the, the killing of a sacred deer like okay this character is this character but he's really this character like he's Mm -hmm. really this person he's god exactly yeah (laughs) or you know whatever it is um and in this film the characters are who they are and but you're just watching a love affair unfold Mm -hmm. uh and then you know obviously you learn about queen anne and all and her backstory and then the rabbits and blah 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 but we got more horatio horatio was the man Mm -hmm. um but yeah so highly highly recommend uh yorgos lanthimos just as a director in general and he doesn't have anything coming up anytime soon it doesn't look like but uh when he does yeah we'll be be there there. i'm gonna be there for Mm -hmm. sure uh anything else zach no that's it uh we're eventually gonna do the lobster we'll do like the holy trinity of yorgos lanthimos Mm -hmm. but for right now you got two out of the three yeah so i hope you guys go check it out i i really enjoyed this movie it like you said it wasn't as crazy to digest Mm -mm. as like some movies that we've talked about you would think yeah yeah so i really enjoyed this film uh you know just some things were weird and <laughs> <laughs> yeah
and that's why, it. Why did she hold the baby? She grabbed the she baby. She grabbed the baby. She, and then the ba- the woman was like, "Give me my baby back." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want my baby back. Baby. <laughs> 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 All right, thanks. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Frank, you wanna you wanna do the honors this time? You wanna you wanna? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> you wanna roll us out? Um, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, thanks, everybody. Uh, I'm Zach. That's this is Frank. You already and, butchered it all. <laughs> <laughs> and credits the roll. <laughs> <laughs> Abigail is not good for you. Abigail yes. is playing you, and she is not being honest in any way, shape, or form. And she's lying to you, and she's using you. Yeah, she's just gonna tell her what she wants exactly. to hear. And where Lady Sarah will tell her the good things and, and also the bad, the bad things. things. And like when Anne she calls really her, you a look badger. like a badger. <laughs> and Anne prefers, of course, to be, you know, spoiled. Spoiled and, you know, only positive, you know, reinforcement, basically, because every time that Queen Anne says something like negative about herself, Abigail immediately jumps to saying, like, no, you're beautiful. No, you're this. No, you're that. Oh my God, your eyes, your, your skin, blah, 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 blah. You know, like she's always giving her compliments, just showering her and just, you know, fake compliments. Yeah. And Abigail literally says to her, that's not what real love is. She mm-hmm. says, real love is. You know, if if you look like a fucking badger, I'm going to tell you that you look like a badger. But when you're beautiful, I'm going to tell you that you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's like, that's that's real. And she's like, you're, and you're not going to you're not going to get that with uh, with, Abigail. with Abigail. And then the Queen Anne makes her decision, basically, and tells her to, like, get lost. Yeah. And what a weird fruit throwing scene, too, with the nude guy. Yeah. Weird. It, <laughs> it shows you it kind of just like shows you like what these people do. Like yeah. for fun, they have they have money. They, they can have do whatever so much the fuck money. They, they don't know what they want. You know, it's like you have to, you have so much money that you don't know what to do with it. So exactly. let's just let's just get a naked guy to just go up against like this back this back setting <laughs> and start throwing fruit at him. Just a room divider. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then yeah, I mean, and then the one honestly one of my favorite end shots mm-hmm. in a movie in a very very long time. Oh, like the very, very last the, shot. The, like the la- the last shot of this film is when you one told of my favorite about it. You made it sound like the bunnies were just um, like all falling on top of her. Not that it was. I like said it was se- like an. O- I said it was an overlay shot. Yes, and I took that <laughs> as the bunnies were just.